Welcome to the International Teacher Podcast with your host, Greg, the single guy, and Matt, the family guy. We're recording episodes from around the globe to tell you about the best-kept secret in education. That's right, it's teaching overseas. We're glad to have you. Okay, let's do this. Are we recording? All right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, neighbors, cats, dogs, teachers, international teachers, non-international teachers, people thinking about becoming international teachers, this is the International Teacher Podcast, and we are getting the band back together after a long, well-deserved summer break. This is Matt, the family guy. And Greg, the single guy. It sounds so buttery when you sit like that. <laughs> working on your TJ voice. I've been nice. practicing all summer. <laughs> oh, everybody. This is the teacher. <laughs> Welcome. Um, sorry, we're uh, we're gonna be a little bit. Didn't I tell you today. I have a radio show? I have my own radio show at like 4 a.m. You know, that's what? one of those early morning radio shows. Didn't you know that? Do not listening to the listening to the sounds of the Yachty at <laughs> 3 a.m. Welcome to the <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm oh, totally I was going to say, how dare you not tell me about this is Yanni live at the Acropolis <laughs> coming at you at 4.15 a.m. That's right. Just Who needs coffee when you voice. got me? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs? This I'll is your wake up call. This isn't a nightmare. This is your wake up call. Hello. Oh God, that reminds uh, so you of anyway, Seinfeld. But <laughs> Go ahead. The, uh, anyway, our, our, um, f- for those of you who want to get a hold of us, remember you can always write to us at internationalteacherpodcast at gmail.com. We wanted to make sure we had the longest handle for a podcast name uh, for a podcast address. So uh, make sure you hit us up on Gmail if you got anything you want to talk about. And we can be found on Instagram at ITPexpats. That's I-T-P-E-X-P-A-T-S on Instagram. And we have a Twitter account, but I'm not sure we ever tweeted or or anything like that. So we don't really have a lot of profound things to say. So we pretty much stayed off Twitter, I think, haven't we? Yeah, I think we're on it, but we just don't do anything with it. So, yeah, that's not you know, a lot of fun. Not to, not to bash the folks at Twitter, but I just have found maybe it's my age. I just find it to be a platform I don't interact with a lot other than maybe for a few sports updates and things like that, but I haven't found it terribly, I don't know. What do you think? Is that something you use a lot of? No, I really don't like the past tense words. I get stuck on them like you do. Like I just tweeted or I tweeted or I had done tweeted or, you know, I get lost in the vocabulary there. I'm not, I'm not big on Twitter. I used to. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not as much fun maybe. as podcasting, really, to tell you it the could truth. Be, yeah, if I don't know if it's tweeting or twatting or what it is. But anyway, it all sounds inappropriate. This is it a family does. show, and we it's will not stoop to those that, levels. That's right. And, you know, it's great to have you back, Matt, because it's been a long summer without you. And, and I know that we'll get into more of that. I was just going to say it's good to have you back because now we have more advertising. I like the way you started off our episode with an advertising campaign. I never do it. We have more advertising. That's right. Well, do we we need to get some sponsors now. We need to go out and secure a few sponsors, and then we can do even more advertising, and then really build this into a global brand. I think everybody will want to tune in. Brought to you by Ahmed, who washes your bike. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, hey. <laughs> you got to start, start somewhere. And you know what? You got to love guys like Ahmed who have their hustle because that's, you know what? They make their daily hustle. It's tax free. You know, a little that's under right. the table side action. You got to do and that. They do things so. that we don't want to do. We pay them hard earned cash to wash the bike once a week. Once it turns out to be once a month. If we ever, I think we talked earlier in our podcast about the type of all the people that you end up no. helping out. Just no, we haven't I don't know how much we yet. did. You're right. We did talk a little bit about having maids yeah. before, right? Well, nannies, uh, you help them out and they help you out. Yeah, yeah, we've got that. We talked about the gardener. You know, we have a gardener. We don't have a garden. We just have a guy who kind of sprays our sidewalk down and breaks up our leaves. And yeah, I didn't think we talked about modern stuff. I think we talked like in Benny what we were had. You know, people that we had working for us and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. We don't talk Over too much about the present the Middle day, East. but yeah. Okay, maybe that's the later episode we'll have to talk about. So, Greg, what do you want our topic to be today? What do you want to uh, hit on and, and go? Th- and I just want our over? listeners to know what you did all summer. I mean, I was I was missing you because I only went back a real short time back yeah. into dipped into the States for only 20 days or so. And you went back for the summertime and went fishing yeah. and all that good stuff. And I, I think the audience would like to know what a an international teacher from an international teacher podcast sure. after many years does over the summertime. And you and I are vastly different in what we do. Oh yeah, he well, You're the yeah, family guy and I'm the single are. guy. Yeah, that's true. You have definitely a little more travel flexibility built into your schedule and things like that. We, you know, it's funny when you look at what traveling is, and after you travel for a while, you realize how small the world becomes and how interconnected everything is. And so, when I was telling friends back home about our flights, so we ended up going through. I was really pumped to go home this summer, obviously, because it's been two years, which is too long, if you ask me. But we were flying through Doha, Qatar, which Qatar Airways, good pitch for them, is by far and away my favorite airline. I love flying them. King uh, Hamad, oh dear, I forgot the airport. It's an awesome airport. It's huge. It's clean. Anyway, there's tons of space. So uh, I was really excited to be going back through there again. Otherwise, we hadn't gone through there in like three, four years when we went through the Maldives on that on our last trip. And so to do that meant from Doha was a 15 hour, 40 minute flight to Chicago. And I think a lot of people where I come from in Minnesota, the idea of flying to Cancun is enough to make you pass out. Cause that's like a three and a half, four hour flight, which is nothing. Did you say 15.4 or 15 hours? 15 said? hours and 40 minutes was our flight. And that's from, from gate to gate. That's in the air just to make things mm-hmm. clear to our, to our listeners. Yeah. That's, that's like, if you take a, 45 minutes from from Minneapolis to Green Bay. That's 45 yeah. minutes, right? Or 45 yeah, from Chicago to Minneapolis. You're talking 15 hours straight. Yeah. Plus. You know, it was interesting. It was interesting because on our on our flight out of our host country where we live uh, or are living and flew into Doha, um, it was incredibly uh, it was incredibly packed. We weren't sure if it would be a light flight or fairly empty. And it was interesting, a, a bulk of the people from there were, speaking of the news lately, were from Afghanistan. And so it's really, and then there was basically 200 people from Afghanistan and then a family with three blonde haired kids and a little brown haired kid. And uh, it was, you know, it was cool. It was a nice flight. We got into Doha. We were getting on that flight to go to Chicago. We're happy, we kind of two-stepping up the aisle, almost dancing. It's just ready to get out and ready to go home. And we get to our row. And it's the bathroom aisle. 
That's right. The non-reclining seats right next to the bathrooms. We were right in front of the bathrooms. So Greg, you can imagine my smile dissipated quickly upon finding out that we were going to have to sit next to the crapper for the next 16 hours. And, and you can't uh, lean back. You can't like lean lounge back. You have to have a straight back, but you're right by the toilet. So yeah, what to their credit, one? they did put some seats in that mildly reclined. So it was like 10% recline, which is way better than like KLM and Delta where you're just sitting straight, maybe more upright. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to make the best of this. We're going to have a positive attitude. We're going to have a great trip and uh, nobody's going to stink up the bathroom. So, like, okay, great. If, I'm trying not to get too long winded here, but so I had to use the restroom really quickly upon getting in and I wait and this, this one young lady comes out and she had puked all over the bathroom everywhere. Oh, like man. this plane hasn't even left the ground yet. We got a puker and I'm like, Hey, Hey, uh, that lady, I wasn't going to tell on her, but I wanted to be like, Hey, get that lady off the plane. She's cute. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I mean, she could have been pregnant. She could have been scared. Maybe she, I mean, she looked like she hadn't done a lot of traveling she's probably 20. And I was like, you know what, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. And so I just notified the poor stewardess, like clean up an aisle seven herb. Cause this is a, this is a bad one. Um, Did they clean it up right away? Yeah, yeah, she got on it. Like oh, within minutes, God. it was cleaned up. Yeah, it was great. The smell was gone. And by that point, you know, whatever. We're just happy. To if, get you ever fly Sri Lankan, if you ever fly in Sri Lankan air, they just oh, won't yeah. even bother. They won't bother oh. with it. They just leave it there. Sri Lankan air. So well, that's least, where we flew our first time to Maldives. Great food, though. Well, they didn't Fair. clean up. When I went to Sri Lanka, they didn't clean it up and somebody threw up right away in the bag. It was all clogged and everything. That's terrible sure. thoughts. But I like you. I am. I'm a big fan of Cutter Airways. So what happened after uh, they cleaned it up? I mean, that was that 15 hours of like puke smell, or was it? What was your? What was well, like? Here, you're gonna you're gonna like this. At one point, I was flying along. I was watching a movie, and this smell just hits me like a Mack truck, and I'm just shudder. And I was sitting with my twins too, and even they kind of sat up and were like, "Oh my God, what is that?" And I I turned. And I was like, man, somebody in the bathroom just died. And I looked across the aisle and Stacy, my wife, was eating kale chips. And I turned to her, I said, is that the kale chips you're eating? And she stopped and she stuck her nose in the bag. And she's like, oh, yeah, they smell. I was oh like, my. those are horrendous. Who Remind me never that? to eat kale chips. I and won't she's ever like, eat oh, them. Here, do you want some? I was like. It smells like an animal died in your bag. No, like put those away. I thought it was the bathroom that smelled. It was kale chips. It's like keeping seaweed in your in your in your in your I don't know under your couch for a month or something, right? Is this like is this new kale? Like that's the levels that health food. Like you could go for a walk or you could eat kale chips instead of potato chips. I'm just that was new for me. I'd never seen those before. So horrible. Uh, Anyway, the flight was great. We watched movies. The kids, we pretty much let them stay up the entire time and play games and stuff. Don't judge us because it's 16 hours on a plane and it's by the bathrooms and what are you going to do? It was loud. And by the way, the food too was just for airline food was unbelievable. We had like some curry chicken dinner. I ate mine, all the boys dinners. I ate like four dinners on the flight home. So no big deal. We're coming into Chicago. You can see, you know, it in the distance, all of a sudden the pilot comes on. He's like, yeah, they just shut down O'Hare because uh, there's some big storms that are about to roll in and we're almost out of gas. <laughs> so we're going to reroute to Minneapolis, St. Paul. And everybody on the plane is groaning and I'm laughing hysterically. I'm like, because we're about to fly to Chicago to get in a car to drive eight hours to 
the Minneapolis St. Paul area, but we're going to end up flying on a plane. And so we ended up landing in Minneapolis St. Paul. We sat on the runway for two and a half hours in the dark recesses of the airport where nobody can see you. And wasn't there some guy next there. to you too? What yeah, there was a Lebanese guy in my aisle who was looking out the window going, that's my house. I can see my house from the window, but they wouldn't let, we asked for like, can you at least let us off the plane? They're like, no, sorry. And so I get that. I understand why there's safety protocols and luggage and everything like that. So we waited two and a half hours. So what are we at? 1540 plus two more, 1740 plus 30 minutes, 18 hours, 10 minutes, then another hour, 20 minutes back to Chicago. So what are we at? 1930, 19 and a half hours. And then, you know, you sit on the plane and everybody unloads. They load a plane quickly and then they unload a plane like they've never gotten off of a plane before. So that's another 40 minutes of sitting in there. So we're almost at 20 hours in the bathroom row. Like we should have got at least a badge or a sticker or something for that, if you ask me. And so anyway, we we got into O'Hare Airport and anybody that's flown through O'Hare knows what a oh no disaster that airport is and uh yeah it took an hour and a half to get our bags there so from door to door from our door in the middle east to the hotel door i think we were at like 25 and a half hours of travel and so the boys were done except for our oldest Karu. Uh, my dad and brother met us at the airport and we were looking at uh going to get something to eat my oldest is like hey let's, let's go. I'm ready. Let's do this. And his brothers and mother, they were all passed out at the hotel already. It was great. It was really oh, nice. You're going to hate me, Matt. Mine was a, a like a 180 from yours. Oh yeah. Let's hear about your flight by yourself yeah. traveling alone. Well, well like Qatar you, Airways. I flew out of the, yeah. Like you, I flew out of Qatar. I flew into Qatar, you know, from this country, I flew into Qatar um, on an airplane full of people. You know, I, I was the only white person on the entire flight because all of the Americans by, and I'm saying I was probably what was I late July? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was like yeah, mid July, July 14th, July yeah. 14th. My buddy Dave and I flew out together and went through all that hassle, whatever with the, you know, with the shots and everything, but we get to cut her and there's nothing to do. So we sit around for eight hours and I get on the plane, which is going to be another, you know, it's like 14 to 15 hours for me too. same, same flight, right to Chicago. 15 hours, 40 minutes. Yeah. You were going to Chicago too. That's right. I think we had a, a different wind or something. It was only like 15 hours, you know, as opposed to your 1540. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I got on my 15 hour <laughs> flight and I'm sitting in the back row by the toilets too. However, it was planned that I would sit back there because I'm going to drink lots of beer, right? Mm-hmm. Since I don't have to worry about kids, I'm just going to, I'm going to drink quite a few things on the way just to celebrate being in an environment yeah, where I can drink absolutely, again. Absolutely, you should. It's not all about alcohol, but it, it is when you're on a flight after so long. I've been months and yes. months and months, right? Probably six to eight months. Anyway, I get on the flight. Dave's got his own row up in the 20s. I'm in the back and way back in the 40s, and I have my own row in the middle of the 777. So we're talking four seats that recline that are all mine. And I'm just watching people come in and waiting and waiting for someone else to sit in my aisle, but it didn't happen. Please God, And I was like, this is fantastic. Please yeah. God, don't sit by me. Yeah, great. Yeah, That's like great. You, everyone that walks in, I'm going, don't sit, don't sit, don't sit, don't sit. <laughs> so the plane's taking off and I just lay down and sleep for like six hours straight. Right. Right through everything else. Yeah. The first meal. every, And not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like you. I don't like to eat the plane food. Plane, mm. plane food. I don't like to I eat the food, food on the plane. 
And that's just, you know, that's just me. I like to have a nice light stomach and fill it up with other things. So I have my yeah. little Bailey's and I have my beers and stuff, but I tell you what, Matt, I had a flight 15 hour flight. I think I woke up to have a, maybe a beer and then went back to sleep. There was 15 hours of sleeping on a plane. I've never had that before in my life. Sure. Especially I thought it was going to be packed like sardines, like in most other flights yeah. these days. For but sure. I had a great time and I flew into Chicago and I literally got off, waited for about 45 minutes for my for my luggage and brought two luggage back for Dave. I go back empty handed, but I brought back two for Dave. Sure. And I sat there and had a little breakfast with Dave at Chicago. And then he jumped on his next plane to, to Springfield and I got my what did I do? I, I got my, my, uh, oh, I had to get a PCR test right at Chicago. So I yeah. did that just for my sister-in-law. I did that and to make sure I, I hadn't contracted anything and then made sure that I had my, I walked up to the national aisle. You take the little, you take that, uh, shuttle over to the, to the convention center where they have uh, like eight levels of cars in a parking sure. garage. I go up, get into a car and just leave. But I was so tired. I ended up going to a little, I do. I usually stop it right outside of Chicago and the Wisconsin borderline. There's this Woodbridge Hotel. I stop there, and like in Pewaukee or whatever that is, and I just walk in and I take a room. <laughs> and the first thing I said was, I said to Lay, "Is your is your restaurant open? It was closed during COVID." She said, "Yes." I said, "Great. I'm just going to have a beer." She says, "It opens in nine minutes." And I said, "Okay. Where can I go to get my beer?" Then she said, "But sir, it'll be open in nine minutes." I said, "Yeah, but where's the nearest gas station? I have nine minutes to get a beer." And all I wanted was beer and bratwurst and cheese curds, buddy. Yeah. And that was it. That was the start of mine. But that was my flight. It was pretty good. And you know what? I have to say for our listeners out there, the first time I'm going to say what a great traveler Matt has become because the first couple times I flew with Matt. You were just, Matt, you were just a, a train wreck. In fact, you'd usually have to medicate a little bit before we take off. If you don't I mind my saying, that's the old Matt. That's the old yeah. Matt, right? Yeah. And you'd, yeah. You would be, you'd be saying a few prayers. You'd be medicating. You'd try and do everything to not think about the plane crashing. Yeah. And that was literally much. Matt Judd traveling with me the first couple of times when I met you years and years back. And you well, come so far. Yeah, yeah. I don't even take medication anymore to fly. I just have and you're, done it. You're getting so much. onto a 15 hour flight with four little four little kids and a wife that eats horrible smelling food, and you're like, Ugh, all you uh, do is laugh yeah. when they say you have two more hours to fly back yeah. to the place that you you know. <laughs> what a story! So yours is so 180 different than mine is. You Fantastic when stories. You, when you have four kids like we do, number one, I was just happy. Well, I was just happy to be getting out of there. I still, I mean, the bathroom, I was fine. I mean, it's just funny. It's good for telling stories, but I right. mean, it was, the it doesn't flight was fine. I was perfectly content to sit there because, Hey, we were going home and I didn't care. Um, but the a man that's changed uh, as many diapers in his life as you have yeah. is probably oh, yeah, not yeah. bothered by a bathroom. Just I the mean, fact there's... that my, that my nuts weren't going to be used as a hacky sack for the next 15 hours <laughs> by one of my kids as yep. they dance on my lap. Um, that was something I was really happy about. And the three oldest ones can go to the bathroom by themselves now. So I don't even, they, all I do is just help them put their shoes on, lift them over me and put them in the aisle and off they go. And like, they'll go now that they're in their teens. The plane. Now that they're in their teens, they're, they're just going to be just, seven in a couple of weeks. Just joking. They, they literally walk aisle. They were walking the aisles, just getting their legs stretched and stretching in the back of the plane, talking to the stewardesses. 
I mean, you know, you spend time in planes and airports when your kids just hang out on the plane, like it's part of their house. So, you know what I did? One thing I didn't get, and maybe this is a cultural thing. Have you ever seen people walking around planes in their socks? Not, not the fancy. Okay. They're not fancy, not the airplane compression socks, but just there's this dude in the bathroom and he was walking around in his, like his gray dress socks. And I know I this because he was leaving wet footprints through the back of the plane. And I was like, that's the most disgusting thing. Put some shoes on, my man. No, Come you got to you you suit up before you go to the bathroom. Otherwise, it's shoes oh, off. I don't shoes get off. that. I didn't get that at all. Yeah. So, hey, so we landed in Chicago. Uh, my dad and brother met us. It was amazing to see them. Part of one of my favorite parts of my summer was the next day when we drove from Chicago to our lake house in Wisconsin. It was about a seven hour drive. And just, you know, I haven't had a chance to just sit and talk with my dad for a while. And the kids were sleeping and we had a great time just sitting and driving and talking. That was probably one of my top three favorite days. It was pouring rain too, which we haven't seen rain in two years. It was just great. It's green to too, right? Green, yeah, we were listening. Green yeah, everything was so green and you just, yeah, it's, and then the thing is like when you're gone that long, like I couldn't really remember what home looked like. And all I remembered was pulling into our driveway and I had Crosby, our four-year-old, with us. And our driveway is long, and it goes through the woods. And he's like, oh, my God, we have woods? I was like, well, yeah, you don't remember this? He's no, I don't remember this. And we pulled into the yard, and he got out. And he just took off running through the yard. He's like, there's a lake. Like, there's a hill. There's grass. Like, he just, his mind was officially blown. So, Greg, I have this, this ritual that I do when I leave the lake house. It's before I get in the car to go to the airport. I leave it the house. It is a family channel. Family channel. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Oh, Why? I'm what did joking. I say? Something? I'm did I say a bad word? Oh, no, I'm I was going to say. I'm not teaching right now. I didn't know if a bad word came up. And uh, totally so what joking. I do is I go down to the dock. I don't put on my shoes and socks, and I walk into the lake and scrunch my toes into the sand, and just it's my way of saying goodbye to the lake and thank you. I know this sounds tacky and cheesy, but don't judge me. Someday, whatever. You got to try it. And so then I get out and I shake the sand off. I put my shoes and socks on, get in the car and we drive to the airport. So the very first thing I did, I walked right. I have a recording of it. I walked down to the dock, took my shoes and socks off, jumped back into the lake, scrunched up my feet. I always use the same exact spot and was like, okay, I'm home. And then went into the house and we won't even talk about that. I pretty much just laid down on the living room floor and hugged the floor and bawled for about 20 minutes and had a moment. And, uh, it was fun. Well, if I had a place like yours on the lake in Wisconsin, I would take my shoes off and I would go down to the lake and dig my toes in there and let the minnows just nibble a little bit. I'd probably sit there for two hours. You'd be yeah. like, what's wrong with Greg? Why, what? Of course, I'd have a beer in my hand, but you'd be like, what's yes. wrong with Greg? Someone needs to bring him another beer because he's There's just standing there scene. frozen. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I love that, that, that you do that because that grounds you. You've talked about that before. That lake house yeah. is just home. And the fact that Crosby didn't even remember having a having woods or a lake is funny, but it reminds yeah. you of how Carew doesn't remember his first snowball in Germany either, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly These it. memories for your kids are so drastically <laughs> different. Going from a desert to a woods when you are old enough to remember it. I mean, compared two to compared to four. I love yeah. that story. Yeah. And it just, yeah, you can't beat when you get home and the way your house smells. And it's just, it, I don't know. It's just weird. Like your senses are awakened and you're, it's like you're experiencing things for the first time again. And it's just, 
incredible. It was pretty funny. Stacy ended up having a few too many apple cider whatevers and I think she was conked out after about two hours, but Hey, you know, it's been two years. So she was celebrating and I was just, I don't even remember what I did. I think I went in and grabbed my fishing pole and something to eat quick and went fishing right away. And the other three, the oldest three, have you ever seen those old time life books that from the civil war and it shows all the civil war pictures Easily sure. within 45 minutes, our entire yard looked like a Civil War battle reenactment. Just every possible every toy, toy came yeah. ball, glove, you name it, was out in our yard. It was like, they were like, okay, we're officially home. Let's kick this party off. Oh, I remember, too, we have some good-sized speakers outside on our patio, too. And so we had the Jimmy Buffett blaring, of course, just to welcome everybody back to that one particular harbor and Man, oh, it was nice it reference was there. That's a beautiful two, reference to that. Two oh. years, two years of being gone. That just, yeah. And then, of course, then there's when you, I don't know what it was like for you. You're pretty, you're pretty, I don't know what I would say, emotionally stoic. I don't know. Did you <laughs> ball when you saw everybody? <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not emotionally stoic, yeah. you know, I, I do have, well, no, 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 you're definitely an emotional guy, it. but okay. You were in a blubbering <laughs> mess every time somebody new pulled into your driveway. Let's just say Did that. the mailman so. show up and you just broke down or what, Matt? <laughs> Amazon. Yes. I've missed I love you, you so much. It's like, Whoa, buddy. Whoa. That restraining order. We talked about this. Where's um, Bill? This is Tommy. I don't understand. I'm going to cry on your shoulder anyway. No, I don't get that the, way. So, when you went home, what was something you did that you were like, oh, I cannot wait to do this. And then you did it, not beer related, but just something you wanted to do. You were really looking forward to. That's a tough one. Well, I only went home for a little bit, but I think the first thing I wanted to do was just. Uh, well, jumping in the car was great driving. I hadn't driven yeah. in so long. Yes. I mean, it, it sounds sort of not family related, but for me personally, I don't drive a car right now. I drive a moped for the last five years. And I love mopeds. I have one. And too. I've driven on other sides of the road before. And you always pick me up, Matt. You always pick me up and drive to my city, pick me up, take me to the mall and have dinner. But in the yeah. States, you know, I, I rented a car for the whole 20 days I was there and I drove it thousands and thousands of miles. But my first thing I wanted to do was actually get in a car and drive. And I'm pulling out of the uh, I'm pulling out of the parking lot and I'm like, screw this. I want a different car. So I get out of that car and get into a Jeep and put my <laughs> luggage in the Jeep and pick a different one because it smelled like cigarettes and I can't handle that. So I I guess it was just that idea of driving, but it yeah. was tiring too because I only made it for about 45 minutes on the highway out of Chicago into, into Wisconsin before I was like, sure. hey, I can't do this. But it was yeah, a great yeah. feeling, great feeling. Yeah. And landing in the summertime rather than the wintertime was also a treat because I don't have to worry about clothes, you know. Yep. Um, I mean, I had clothes on my back, but I didn't have to wear, you know, worry about the cold. So yeah. now that was the first thing I was really into was being in the car. And the next thing I have to do is sort of go into a, one of my family's homes that I'm familiar with and going to my little brother's house, Jason and Aaron have a house, which is just home to me. So I have that, yeah. that feeling of I'm home again. As soon as I hit there, the area, the city, I know my most recent home is Jason and Aaron. And I feel right at home when I, when I get yeah. into green Bay and when I pull into their driveway and just walk in their kitchen and, you know, I, and I called them ahead of time and say, Hey, I'm home. I'll meet you. First thing I did get in the car with, with Aaron, she drove and we went and had lunch. 
with my brother. So that was just a great thing to sit down with my sister-in-law and my brother and have lunch. We had tacos, authentic, nice Mexican food. So it was good stuff. That is, that is good. Yeah, but I didn't have a lake yet. I had to wait for a couple of days before I went to a lake in Jason Aaron's lake house. And uh, I'm not as much a lake person as you are anymore. I'm more of a, you know, I just get in the water, want to dive. But uh, yeah, it was a wonderful feeling to be back home. So tell me, let's go back to you now, back, bounce back into your life and tell me what you, uh, some of the things that you did, because you were there from what time to what time you were there from? We were there from June 24th till August 10th. And it literally felt like we were there for four hours. But all of a sudden, like, I remember walking home, my shoes are off. I'm in the lake to, all right, roll them up, kids. Let's get in the car. We're back to the airport. Yeah, it was, it was a, well, if you think about it, you've got two years of house stuff to get, excuse me, you have two years of house stuff to get done. You have two years of family to try to see. Like we had all sorts of plans to see other people and just, for whatever do they come reason. see you or do you go see them now that you have a oh, yeah, we house had a, you've had it for years we pretty much i think we were home for 41 days in our house and i think we had people at our house 36 out of the 41 days and so that's great we loved seeing everybody and i would never ever complain about that it's a blessing i never ever complain but at at some point you're, too, hosting, though, you're, you're coming home yeah you're hosting but you're trying to recharge too because when you think about what everybody's gone through through that time it's still mentally taxing and when you're back trying to recharge and you never really get that downtime or alone time that can be a challenge so you really have to try and push to squeeze that in and sometimes you have to say no to this or that and it's people you really want to desperately see but yeah, that's that's one of the hard parts of having to be home. But um, well, they want to come and see you, and that's great. You have a great lake house. They want to come and spend time with you and relax. Yeah, summer, yeah. Their, their weekend or during the yeah, week. Yeah, no, we we would never. We always tell people we we don't really invite tons of people. It's just more of an open door policy. Give us three hours head start so we can go get beer and food. Um, but we have a huge house and there's plenty of space, so that's never ever. A What's problem. your address, ever- Matt? What's your address for the people listening out there? Just kidding. Um, we're uh, apartment <laughs> yeah. four. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice. Uh, so, and behind, belong that though, you're juggling the demands of your house, trying to see family, trying to see all your friends. You're trying to soak up every single minute on the lake, uh, just being outside in the green space. We barely went anywhere. We didn't go out to eat. Um, we went to like Jimmy John's a couple times and subway a couple times. Otherwise we literally stayed at the house, uh, because it was just so nice to be there and be in that green space. And yeah. Um, the only other times we went anywhere, we went to a couple of St. Paul saints games, which is the twins, triple a affiliate. For those of you, Minnesota peeps who haven't gone to any of those yet, honestly, the saints games are more fun than the twins games. Um, the saints, uh, have done a really, the really good job of, of um, marketing that club. And it's funny, they're probably the only minor league team in baseball who has out-merchandised and out-branded the big league club. Like when you look at the Saints stuff, their their team, I don't know, I just look at this, their team merchandise is phenomenal. And the Twins stuff is, looks like you could get it at Walmart. Um, but anyway, um, you can get we it had at a great right? time. What's that? You can get it at Walmart, right? Not to knock Walmart, because I love Walmart. I am a diehard Walmart shopper. I'm just saying, if you're branding, don't let your minor league team do it better than your major league team. Sorry, Twins, if you're listening to this. Um, So we went to some Saints games. We went to a couple of Twins games. It was still great to be back at Target Field. And then the boys did 
Carew and the Twins did a week at the University of Minnesota Golden Gopher baseball camp, which if any of you have ever thought of signing your kids up for that, it is really well done. It's a really good use of your money and the kids get a ton of baseball for not a lot of cash. So otherwise we stayed at the lake just hanging out. It was great. But then also grad school. So then trying to, you know, trying to see everybody, spend time with everybody. And then the weekend had rolled around and I'd have 10 to 15 hours worth of work that I had to try and squeeze in. It made for a couple of really hectic late night weekends and Sunday nights. But, uh, you know, overall, no complaints. Um, it was just incredibly busy. I'm looking forward to next summer, hoping that it may not be as busy as this one. Well, that's why Although, we had to have Kent sit in on this ITP. You know, Kent yeah. tried to do a good job like you've done. He's a different kind of person. He did okay, but it's just not oh, the Kent's same as awesome. Matt Judd on the microphone, right? Yeah. Well, I just have a lot of hot air to expect to uh, expel. That's all. Um, I was trying to think of, you know, it's really funny when you go home and you have all these grand plans and I forget who I was talking to the other day. And my favorite day of the entire summer was a day filled with a hundred little moments. It wasn't a big thing. And I'll just, I'll tell you about it super quickly, but it's just funny how if you just take time to take stock of some of the cool little things that life offers you, it just makes for some great memories. Um, woke up early one morning, went and I always, I get a golf membership at the Siren National Golf Club up there. I go, I walk 18 holes. I do that four or five days a week. So when we got up, went golfing, I got home and uh, the boys and I uh, ended up playing baseball in the yard for a while. We have a pitching machine. I don't know if uh, it's called a jugs, not Judd, but jug with a G. It's called a light flight. Anyway, we have this pitching machine and uh, we have like hitting stations set up in our yard. We have hitting screens set up. And we have home run derby. So if you hit a ball and it gets out over the dock into the lake, it counts as a home run. So um, so it gets a little out of hand. And, you know, a couple people may or may not have been shot by the pitching machine balls. But so the boys and I played baseball. We ended up hanging out. And then the boys wanted to go fishing. I was like, you guys, it's like 90 degrees and it's noon and you want to go fish. They're like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, why not? So we all jumped in the walleye boat. We took off to the other side of the lake. I was like, there is no way in heck we're going to catch a fish. <laughs> and I, uh, we started trolling literally for maybe 12 seconds. Boom. First fish on. I hand the pole to Walker, my uh, one of my twins, and let him fight it and bring it in. It's a really nice walleye, like a keeper, too. And so we're all pretty jazzed about that. Like, unbelievable. Six-year-old brings in a big old walleye. And we're fishing about two minutes later. Karu, my oldest, was like, I got a fish, which every little bump he yells he has a fish i'm like whatever you don't have a fish and i turn look at the back of the boat this massive splash and swirl i was just like oh my god you have a big fish and so he hooked it himself brought in this really big northern probably about a seven pound northern uh, northern pike and uh i netted it for him but he fought it the whole way caught it fought it and brought it in and so he was pretty jacked about that too we got some great pictures of it we threw the northern back in and we fished a little more and the boys ate all their snacks and drank all their water. And we got a call and um, we, one of the things we had to do was go pick up hockey equipment for them because they're starting ice hockey back here in, in uh, the desert again. So that starts up next month. And so we had to drive to Duluth 
And so we uh, we turned around, headed back to the lake house, and we filleted our walleye up, threw it in the freezer, cleaned up, jumped in the car, and headed to Duluth, which Duluth is my favorite <clears throat> city in Minnesota. And uh, we hadn't had a chance to get there the entire summer, and we didn't know if we were going to. And so we ended up, we rolled up and spent way too much money on hockey equipment, as any hockey parent would know. We went to play it again sports, of course, because you buy used stuff to save money, but you still pay through the backside. And we just hung out in Duluth for the night and had Jimmy John's by Lake Superior and just, yeah, enjoyed our space and our time. That was my favorite day this summer. Golf, fishing, Duluth, very uneventful, but just full of just kind of hanging out with the boys. And uh, that's I don't think it's uneventful. It's, it's really a moment. It's a series of moments, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So I've got, you know, pictures of their fish and they tell everybody here about the fish they caught. And it was obviously one of their favorite days too. It's just funny how you wake up with no real grand plans. And then all of a sudden these little things happen and it was by far and away the best part of the summer. So. Well, Carew is telling me how big that fish was, but you know, still, I have the record on your lake of fish that are not caught. I usually yeah, catch true. lily pads and that one fish was massive. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's a, that's the one that's always going to, it's my great whale on that lake. For the it's uninitiated, Greg's referring to this massive catfish that uh, he almost caught. He got it to our dock and we just couldn't get it in the net. It was pretty stinking big and it broke your pole. It so did. It, it don't, that doesn't, you know, let's not, knock your fishing prowess or abilities because it's pretty fantastic so no when i go home in the summertime you, if i get to come and see you all i do is i buy a one day fishing pole which is a 20 dollar yeah. at that little fishing mart right license. there yeah, and yeah, i get yeah. my one day mikes. license right yeah, yeah. big mics and big that's mikes all i do is i, I fish store. for about 20 minutes with you before i break the pole at least right and we just sit yeah. there and listen to buffett and i watch you fish or i help your and kids then, fish uh, what um, what what didn't you get to do that you really wanted to do, but you were like, ah, man, there's not enough time for that? Well, I'll give you the, the nutshell of my 20. Well, I was there for, what, 21 days, so three weeks. I flew yeah. in and drove to Green Bay, saw my brother and sister-in-law, hung out with them for a little bit, went up to Minnesota to see – oh, we went to their lake house after that. So I got to see that, that family, and my sister-in-law was doing well at the time. So I drove, got in the car, drove up to Minnesota, saw my oldest niece has twins that were born on the 20th of August. I oh, didn't cool. get to see the twins born, but the Minnesota twins, the girls were there in the tummy and I got to say hi and just check in on them. So awesome. now I'm a great uncle Greg. I'm a, I'm a gug and yeah. uh, in the family. So after I got, and I actually got to see my other two nieces too, which is real special. I don't always get to spend much time with them. They're, they're older, they're, they're past college. And so I, I made it real quick. I wanted to get down to, to uh, see my parents in Florida. So I had planned out this long trip and I basically went from Green Bay, Chicago, Green Bay, Green Bay, Minnesota, Minnesota down to see my new godchild in Kansas city, Kansas, Kansas yeah. city, Kansas to uh, <laughs> Springfield, Missouri, yeah. Springfield, Missouri to all the way down to Naples, Florida, and then Naples to Miami and Miami fly out. And that was in 21 days. And basically all that was done in the first 10 days. What were you going to say did about say, that? Did you say Naples, Florida? <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. I love Naples, Florida. Greg, you want to tell people why I love Naples, Florida so much? No, I'm going to let you say it, man. 
There's a restaurant in Naples, Florida, right? Marco between, Island. Is yeah. it? It's Marco. Is it Marco? Yeah. Is it between Marco, Marco and Naples or is it in Marco? It's in, it's, if you go, we always went from Naples down to Marco. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Okay. All right. Well, but you get, I love you Marco. get all heated up no matter what. Yeah. I love Marco Island, but I'm a Naples guy. I'm a, I'm a, what do I say? I'm a Marco guy on the Naples budget or actually go. whatever, whatever that little trailer park right in between the two of them is. That's kind of where <laughs> I'm at. That's my wheelhouse. <laughs> that's my budget, but it's still super expensive, but still, um, there's a restaurant there called the Snook Inn, and if you've ever been to the Snook, you listeners out there, all twelve of you, um, chime in if you have because it's this cool place. It's right on the water, family-owned restaurant, great food, especially really good seafood, salad bar, always live music. It's just a really, I don't know, it's like a chill place that, like when we were working in Venezuela and South America, we always ended up stopping at the Snook to eat. So it's like. I, I look forward to the day I can bring my kids there and have them complain about the food and not get to enjoy myself. But the point being, I'll still get to take the kids there and for, and they won't appreciate it. But anyway, I learned something all. new, Matt. I learned that What's my that? mom and dad don't even like the snook. Mom and dad sure are I true like Floridians anymore, now. Greg. David, Pat, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm, we have to talk. Why don't they like the no, snook? No, they said, you know what, Greg, you go to the snook all by yourself. So I went to the snook for you and for me, you know, virtually for you. I sat at the snook for no less than six hours one day. And cause I had spent, I spent a lot of time with my parents. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that yeah. in a second, but I sat down at the snook and the reason I sat there for so long was people watching, right? It's the snook oh, is owned. It's a great. hotel rest. It's a hotel restaurant and it's locally owned. So there's all of the locals go there for lunch for the crowd, right? There's live music afternoon and evening. It opens at 11 and they have an after like an afternoon live music and then an evening live music. The locals sure. go there to have lunch, but the tourists are all there because it's a hotel and it's right on the water. So the ships are coming up and dropping people off. There's septuagenarians, there's teenagers, there's everything in between. And I yeah. just loved sitting there because I could have ordered everything off the menu three times over. I could have called a taxi or called a, an ambulance to get home instead of driving, but I just chose to sit there and have a, you know, a beer once in a while and sat there for the afternoon typing away on a newsletter. It was just, I loved every minute of it, just like you do. And they have the big yeah. pickles. They have the huge yep. pickle barrel at the <laughs> beginning of the yep. buffet yep. and it's great fish, the local fish that they have. Oh man. I, I had a blast sitting there and went there probably yeah, two or three days. Live picture updates when you were doing that. Yeah. And I did that just to get away a little bit because, you know, I spent, my time was mainly for my parents. I went down there and they're, they're sort of, my mom's not well. So she's in the apartment, she's in the house, right? They're yeah. in a house and my dad's sort of playing nurse now and getting yeah, my get mom that. to be able to feel a lot better. Their pool wasn't working. So they felt bad about that, even though I didn't, you know, I didn't really care. I just wanted to be there with them. And we sat yeah. there and we played some great games. So my dad and I put together basically an amusement park in the kitchen out of like these tinker toys, right? Had a yeah. blast, had a blast. I, I tell you what, Matt, you asked me the one special thing about my whole vacation was since maybe, I don't know, 2015, when I, my parents came to Europe, I have not spent that much time just with my mom and dad and myself yeah. in That's, since then. And it is priceless when you do that. And you, the, I guess the, the cool thing is I don't do it that often. So when I do hang out with them for a long extended period of time, and it's, it has been a while that it's that much more special. 
right? Because sure. I, I love yeah. them to death. It was great to sit there with mom and dad. And, you know, my dad's joking around about you all the time. He's like, yeah, Matt Judd needs to go with you to the snook. You know, I don't need to go to the snook anymore. You know? Well, all right. Next, tell you what, next summer uh, when we're home, let's let's make it a point to go to the snook. We'll you have to because you traveled, didn't you, to go see different baseball teams, Matt? Didn't you do a little travel? I thought you were going to go see some I stadiums. Didn't. And some I had teams. originally, yeah. So because of this master's program, program I'm in for professional sports management, I had uh, professional sports administration. I had hoped to meet up. I've been in contact with several major league teams about prospectively working for them. And um, I had hoped to arrange some in-person meetings. And as the summer wore on, they kind of tightened up their inner circles in terms of who they were going to let in or who they'd have meetings with and things like that. So unfortunately that never ended up getting to pan out this summer and we still talk via email and things like that and on the phone. So, but um, those face-to-face meetings that we had talked about in our first discussions never materialized. So I got mixed up. I knew you had planned on doing a little bit of travel. A lot of it was based around what you're doing this summer and this, this sports administration stuff. I know you like to go to different places and see different stadiums. That's just another MO for you. You and I went down to Florida one time that bring up Naples, right? Remember that summer we saw the twins down there doing their, the summer training. That was March. Like I said, that was the spring. It wasn't summer. We saw (laughs) spring training down there. Yeah. March 13th. So anyway, more of a sports um, car than I am. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Who knows next? Tell you what, there's two professional baseball teams in Florida and maybe by next summer I could potentially be employed with one of them. So if you do, maybe I'll go work at the snook as a, as a bus boy or something. I'll come there all the time. I promise. (laughs) If you just not, just not on game days, Greg, just not on game days. (laughs) <laughs> well maybe i'll be bot- busy podcasting you know this yeah. is great podcasting from the snook as a bus boy <laughs> don't mind the accent um, <laughs> so yeah oh, what, uh, let's see so our summer of course wrapped up in a whirlwind and you try to if you're wondering what it's like to move your family from spending a summer in the u.s to get ready to go back to the middle east we had a really light pack. In other words, we only had 10 hockey bags. We use hockey bags because they're really cheap to replace and they're easily patched with duct tape. And so we only had 10 bags. Usually we have 14 or 15, but we knew our time here is going to be wrapping up in the next year or so. And so like this could potentially be our last year here. And so we knew we didn't want to bring a lot back. So like two of the th- or three of the bags was just hockey gear. One of the bags was my golf clubs. And so then we had just like everybody had one bag each with clothes and shoes and stuff. We threw it in the truck and we headed down to Minneapolis St. Paul airport. My brother was kind enough and good enough to ride down with us because uh, we took my truck and it was great. And we got there and uh, Stacy and crew and I needed to get a PCR test. The only problem is in Minnesota and Wisconsin, nobody does a PCR for travel test. None, zero, zilch, like nowhere. And so like, for example, a couple of days before we had to fly back, we went to a clinic and they did the correct test and everything, but they don't have the proper form that has like somebody's signature and a blue stamp and then a QR code like you have to have in the Middle East. So anywhere else in the world, you could have used this for. So it wouldn't have worked. So we had to go to the airport like two hours earlier than normal. So we had to get there five hours before our flight 
And they had this one little booth set up that did the travel PCR tests. And so when we originally rolled in, one of the airport guys was like, yeah, they're not taking walk-ins. You can't go there. And we were like, crap, you know, our flight leaves in five hours. There's nowhere else to get this done. It's amazing how, anyway, don't even get me started on that. So, um, so we went up to the PCR area where they do the testing and the lady's like, yeah, come on in. No problem. $200 a piece. So we had to pay 600 bucks for the three of us. And I think we had our results in 18 minutes or something like that. It was crazy fast. And it ended up working out just fine. We got back uh, through the airport, no issues, pretty boring flight. It's amazing how once you do a 15 hour flight, how quickly the next one goes. Like, I think I took a nap and watched three movies and we were landing and we were back. It was crazy how fast that flight went. So, you know, that's the thing about travel, Matt, is that that? we've become such good travelers. And I guess (laughs) the the COVID, you know, people are talking about COVID and how it's stressed out the travel and everything. But even for international travelers, even for those of us experience, it's it's stretched us an extra bit. But I guess I don't think twice about you and I are both very similar. We don't think twice about a three hour flight. I mean, that's nothing new, a six, a six to 12 hour flight for us is normal and multiple flights, uh, two hours in an airport as an overlay. We hope we have, because usually you can't get through customs and all this other stuff, even for it, for getting a next flight. We, I don't run through airports, so I want to make sure I have enough time. I'd rather be on time two hours early than be three minutes, even, three minutes close to the gate closing, then I have to run through an airport. We did that one time yeah. for the Maldives. We ran. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that anymore. But for traveling yeah. internationally, there's things that we just look at. Like we don't think twice about, you know, setting aside an extra couple hundred dollars for each person that's traveling for extras, like an emergency fund, having an yeah. extra thousand in cash in, in Benjamin's ready to go just in case you have to bribe somebody or you have to, I'm sorry, maybe that's not a good word, but maybe you have no, to have a little a extra word. cash. Bribe is a good word. Bribe somebody Outside to the get US, through. Yes. Bribe is the proper word or propane. It is. Tip. Right. Uh, right. Is the more Gringo tax. correct word. Yeah. Yeah. And for Gringo some people that's totally inconceivable. Like you're going to bring a grand with you. It's like, well, you have to, like, you just don't know what issue you're going to run into. And that's minimal. I mean, you might be stocking up on your cash. You might be bringing back like five or six or even up to 10 because that's the max we can bring in officially. I brought 10 back and I brought 10 overseas. I go to the bank at 10 grand in cash because it, it saves me for, you know, the next couple of years, I might have extra cash on hand, but we don't think twice about, you know, buying an extra ticket at the last minute. We run into all of these problems as professional travelers and we've, it's taken us a long time to figure out, the best credit card to get for points or to get us into certain places right now i've got this sure. amazing card to get me the chase was it reserved is the one that gets you into the uh uh what are those places that i'm thinking of That's that you can get into chase huh? sapphire reserve the chase sapphire reserve get into any airport lounge that you desire chase airport sapphire lounge reserve. yeah i think Thank that's you. what it's called brought to you by chase <laughs> sapphire reserve yeah that's a great it's a great card and it's taken me a while to figure that out years of course but things evolve and i've never had a lot of money before to even have one but i think like i like you were saying i mean you you learn how to travel and part of living overseas is learning how to travel we talk a lot with our friends about what they do when they travel different routes i have friends that know every route 
for the European main European flights over to the States because yeah. they've lived in different parts of the world. They know the main yeah. flights, you know, through oh, their yeah. favorite airline. Right. Yeah. If I were, <clears throat> you know, if I were just somebody who didn't travel a lot and I was thinking of taking a trip, the first people I would contact are international teachers guaranteed they've, they're going to have insights on do this, don't that, don't go through here, don't go through the seventh labyrinth of hell that is Paris's Charles de Gaulle airport, unless you have minimum <laughs> two and a half hours. Let me right. tell you what, don't get me started on that airport. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening uh, to our summer wrap up and what we did. It was nice to be back yakking with Greg on the mics and uh, hopefully we'll get back to now our regular occurrence. And I think we might have to bring Kent in just because just for an episode, just because I love that dude. I love talking to him. So he's, he's all about that energy. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can get a hold of us at International Teacher Podcast. It's spelled just like that all sounded at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at ITP Expats. That's ITP EXPATS on Instagram. And we have Twitter too, which we don't really use. So don't worry about that. Uh, sorry, Twitter people. Greg, it was nice chatting with you again. And this good is to have Matt. You back, Matt. Hey, it's good to be back. And I'm going to sign off. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to talking to you again. You are Matt, the family guy, and I am Greg, the single guy. We'll see you next episode. Thank you.